Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Big Handful of Cocaine for You. Turn to oh, on bbgwrestling.com. Big Handful of Cocaine for You. It's time to take out the trash. We can get through this bullshit if we're all really high. I am Pablo. Woo! I, 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 I am Pablo. The first ever Miss Rumble 2000! Well, from the little turd to the big turd, good luck. And with me is the Council Estate Cowboy. My vocal tone. And with me is the Cho Cho Chosen One. Those suplex attack nearly poofed him into dust. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Turn Chuckle on Grapple Arcade. I am Pablo, and with me is the um, oh God, I, I should prepare better for these. Uh, you are the Coliseum video to my Fremantle Media. It's Alex Tempest. Hello. Uh, read. Sorry, my sound went off there, and I just heard Alex Tampest, hello. I was like, what? That's the audio equivalent of a red light. Then you missed the terrible <laughs> intro, so it's fine. Um, if you oh. listen back to the show, it was a terrible intro. But, um, <laughs> you know, start as well. Well, the crickets aren't me not laughing at your shit joke. I just didn't even hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, New Year, same old podcast. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah, it has been a little while, so we're glad to be, glad to be back and uh, just talk shite about wrestling for a bit and then we'll go home mm-hmm. <laughs> do what we normally do anyway but put it out on the air and uh some uh, you know a growing amount of people listen to it which is good it's good it's a, it's a much safer version of like my views and opinions usually <laughs> it's like sanitized for public consumption some of you might find that hard to believe but it's true well we've been talking about this for a while because this is something that it's important and it kind of I think it flew under the radar, which I think is quite sad, but it also is an indict, you know, indictment of how little people give a shit about physical media anymore. Um, mm. Yeah, this year's Survivor Series in America is the last or is the final ever release physically. Uh, that's DVD, Blu-ray, anything. And they're, they're going digital going forward. And, uh, you know, we don't know what it's going to be like in Europe uh, with Fremantle Media, uh, but... I'd imagine it's probably going to go the same way. I would have expected if they're not producing them in the States. Now, what I wanted to be clear on is that that there'll be no more releases full stop, or is it that just the pay-per-views won't be getting done like this? So they're still going to do like 50 things you don't fucking care about, numbered 1 to 50. <laughs> they're still like releasing those box sets. The impression I got was that they weren't going to do any more. But saying that, when you look at those A&E biographies that WWE did, I'm really surprised that they brought them out on DVD. But at the same time, they're not on any streaming network. Um, I guess I'm more surprised that they didn't just then whack them on the network. Uh, in, you know, uh, and, are A&E, are, sorry, what network were the A&E ones on? They were on their the channel. T- television on the, network. The, the A&E biography channel. Oh, that is a channel in of itself, is it? The actual it? channel, okay. yeah, yeah. Because uh, they showed all the uh, the hidden treasure shows. Um, I see. All that kind of stuff. So they did two DVDs with three documentaries each in them, I believe. Um, and no matter, you know, WWE documentaries, they are what they are. And I've heard varying things about, you know, the Savage one seemed like a bit of a stitch up, which is shocking considering it had WWE's official fingerprints all over it. Um mm-hmm. But, Isn't that often the way the documentaries are somewhere between marketing and propaganda and it just slides on the scale? True, but it's never negative if it's a DVD trying to celebrate someone except the rise and f- the 
self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior one. Like, they've Nearly done a very recent po- WCW-related ever fucking released. It is crazy, isn't it? It's like, you own this property, you're trying to make money off it, let's put a DVD out just slagging it off for free. Saying hours. how shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, encouraging you not to buy it. <laughs> well, certainly the, the, the crazy side of Savage uh, was pointed out a lot on that documentary by the sounds of it. I mean, especially from Gorgeous George, who you can choose whether to take with a grain of salt um, or not. <laughs> I'd take her but... anywhere she wanted to be took. <laughs> um... Good old Steph- uh, I, I'm talking about Stephanie Bellas there, you understand, not George Wagner. I <laughs> didn't really fancy her coming a crack at George Wagner. <laughs> you have Bobby pins all over the place. Well, you know what you would say? Get your filthy hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so even if you think the documentaries are you know, just propaganda shite uh, there's they what they do well now is they dig into the unseen footage and i'm a bit of a whore for seeing stuff i've never seen before um Me too. so like the ultimate warrior uh, documentary the show clip of him recording the slam jam music video um <laughs> that must be fun oh I, I really want to see it just for that so like i say the can, final can i ask a question on that score mm-hmm. before before we launch on mm-hmm. Did they, or did the Slam Jam thing, have anything to do with what I hope wasn't a fever dream, where the Ultimate Warrior dances with Phil Collins and then decides to <laughs> slam him about instead? No, that was a couple of years before that. Um, I don't know what the crossover specifically was, uh, but you know, it was nothing. He was still cha- he was actually world champion when he did that with Phil Collins. Oh, good Lord, isn't yeah. like Iago? Phil Collins was world champion. <laughs> <laughs> isn't Iago at the start of it as well? He's like, no, oh, I got an idea for something that would be really good. And then you just like see <laughs> Phil Collins singing a terrible fucking Phil Collins song. And Ultimate Warrior like struggling to dance on the twos and fours, then going, no, and doing the sensible <laughs> thing and slamming the shit out of Phil Collins. Yeah, and it's 1990 Warrior when he did that weird small warrior sign on his face instead of like the full face paint. Yeah, which just makes him look all the more confused in the video, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was that uh, small time period when he had the bandana as well, so you had the mullet coming through the bandana. I mean, it's glorious. <laughs> I was going to say, speak for yourself about it being ill-advised. <laughs> like, I-, I rock that look on a regular basis. <laughs> he must have worn it in matches and stuff, but certainly not in like, pay-per-view matches. Maybe he's, he-, he experimented more on TV, I guess. But, uh, but do you know that big talk in Ultimate Warrior that came out years ago? Yes, yes, I do. When they they recorded the voices, but every single one that came out, when you pulled the string, the voice played at like 78 speed instead of 45 speed. <laughs> yeah, they they oh, didn't, no. and every single one got fucked up because of that. Well, on the prototype of that, on the advert, the warrior's face paint is the small sign, and um, then they must have thought, ah, not recognisable enough, so then they gave him the full face paint after that. I see. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, the uh, the end of uh, physical media in America, probably Europe to follow. Um, like the the first uh, video, Coliseum video, uh, was released in 1985, and it was uh, unbelievably. And I I just assumed it would have been a Hulk Hogan video, or it would have been like best of WWF, so. right? Or best of WWF Volume One, because there was 20 of them in total. Um, nope, it was wrestling's bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Holy shit, I've watched that on the network as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first video that came out. Um, 
Start, start <laughs> it shows the... how desperate people were for content that that one that didn't just like tank them. Imagine that TNA's <laughs> first DVD release had been that of it. Fuck off, Jeff. That's mm-hmm. that's it. I'm never buying anything of yours again. Well, as you can imagine, it is full of like TNT clips. Um, oh, I love it, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous, and but it also immortalizes the uh, the Paul Vachon wedding. Um, <laughs> then the second video was the first Hulk Hogan video. Then it was Best of WWF Volume One. Then it was WrestleMania, and then it goes on from there. But uh, in this country, our first video, I believe, was the British Bulldogs video. Um, Makes sense because they did that little run of videos. That I'm sure you'll remember this, where the the front bottom strip of the cover was red and white stripes and that was like its own little... oh yeah yeah, yeah do i um and they, they did like the video club videos uh they had like dis- different distributors for a little bit it seemed or like co-distributors um mm. so there was like high flyers and greatest steel cage matches and the british bulldogs tape and a whole cage matches one so many times <laughs> <laughs> this is one of our mates it was like his go-to wasn't it like oh fucking hell yeah let's watch that one again <laughs> hogan's two best cage matches are on there the one against Bossman and one against orndorff both from saturday night's main event brilliant mm-hmm. right um, and there's an amazing six-man tag on it as well with the heart foundation in honky against savage and strike force um yeah, it's superb stuff. But the thing is, like that came out what like in '91, maybe in this country. Um, mm-hmm. And when you consider those matches, like five years old, and half the wrestlers aren't even with the company by the time the video came out. But you didn't question it back then, I guess. Well, it's like we said as well, though. It's when you're starved of content. What is it they call it when you're a virgin audience? You know, when there's like mm. WWE come to do one of their house shows or live events or whatever the hell they're called now, and like. To do some proper basic, like a clothesline or a tackle, and everyone's like, because <laughs> they like haven't experienced anything ever. So it's probably that same sort of thing. Mm. Like, yeah, I'll I'll watch Uncle Elmer get married and Hillbilly Jim wrestle a dog because at least I've got a wrestling video. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna. That leads us beautifully. This was not planned. Um, my first, <laughs> my first ever wrestling video was Mega Matches, the nineteen ninety one, and that includes the Hillbilly Jim wrestling with a dog. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and were so, you starved for content? <laughs> At four years old, um, quite possibly. I rest my case. I wasn't allowed to watch anything good, so Mega Matches was uh, that was life for a little bit. And I th- <laughs> I'm sure the tape got broken or something like that. Oh, oh no, I think I, sh- I me- meant all the things I remember. I think it did break, but it was still we still had the receipt because my mother kept like every receipt ever, and then uh, it got swapped for Hulkamania forever. And uh, that wasn't quite as good because it was all Hulk Hogan matches. Um, yeah, I can see why that would get old. <laughs> yeah, and there was a behind-the-scenes uh, clip of Suburban Commando where they interviewed Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duval. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. You know when you said you're always starved for unreleased content? <laughs> I bet you could have lived without that. <laughs> it wasn't as good as Mega Matches. Do you remember your first video? Uh, I never actually owned any of the WWF stuff on VHS. My first buying of WWF stuff was once it was on DVD. Mm. Like we just didn't really have money for stuff like that when I was a kid. And the tapes we had of it were, it's as you've talked about before, they're taped off Sky. It's like I oh, had yeah. Yeah. plenty of pay-per-views from the 90s taped on videotapes, but actually purchased. I'm not sure. I've gained a few WWF VHSs that people left behind at parties. <laughs> Funnily enough, I had WrestleMania 9. Yes. 
I had someone. What well, someone just left that, <laughs> not on purpose, I'm sure. <laughs> they probably weren't even coming to the party. They just came, put it in, and fucked off. <laughs> I got whichever Unforgiven has the Inferno match on. You know the "Yo, Dad, Mama" storyline yeah. with uh, Taker and Kane. It I gained that, that uh, one. Yeah, it has that uh, evening gown match with Sable and Luna as well. And I think that was the biggest draw of that event for like most of the audience, just to see Sable in a bikini, <laughs> like. <laughs> Dear God, yeah. how times have changed, thank God. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, what was the other other one? There was a third tape. Ah, oh yeah, the Royal Rumble one that has the Ultimate Warrior on while he's still got brown hair and he's going, Rrr! so it might be 1989. 89, yeah. Aye, that one. I think that's when they still got the red and white stripes, which later in life I realise is to be the, like, the American flag, <laughs> but I looked at it and was like, has this got something to do with the Fletico Madrid? <laughs> Robert slow on the uptake with those like horizontal, sorry, vertical stripes and that. Mm. Rumble 89 as well was the first of the Coliseum, uh, the Silver Vision releases to come with a free poster attached to it. Um, was it? Yeah, it was like perforated onto the cover. Uh, so a lot of people's, by the time you got a copy of it, I guess the person would have torn it off or um, ah, I see. they were like quite limited runs as well. And it, like, since then, we've, I found out, I didn't realise this, that there are certain VHS that were released in this country that came with vouchers perforated on the cover where you could send away for like a Hasbro figure. And because everyone's going That's mad cool. over Hasbro's at the moment, now everyone wants those particular covers and, you know, yeah. um, ruining my I life is what Matt Cardona for. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, like, things that only I would want, and now they've been brought to the attention of collectors, now you can't find the Saturday night's main event VHS cover with the thing on it for love no money, yeah. so I'm just like, ah, God, anyway. I don't worry, what ruins things I want to watch as well, he fucking pops up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a mad, bad take on him where I have to actually stick up begrudgingly for Matt Cardona. <laughs> Go on. On Twitter yesterday... Someone was saying that him and Chelsea Green deliberately put their wedding on the same day as that day one pay-per-view because they because they wanted to upstage the pay-per-view. I was like, why? Like, what channel's their wedding on? Like, what a weird thing to say. <laughs> Did they stream it? I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't even want to watch him wrestle. Never mind watch him get married. Like, so. <laughs> it's really not. An, unless it's a TNA wedding and someone gets shot. Or like, I can almost guarantee. Can, I was just much- shocked it was Chelsea Green and not Zack Ryder. And what's his name getting married? What was the other one called again? Oh, well, Bri- uh, Brian Myers. That's, I nearly said Matt Cardona marrying Zack Ryder, but that would probably be appropriate. <laughs> you know what? If he would, he if he could, he would. <laughs> he could, he would, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we didn't have Sky in the 90s, so uh, it would be the occasional bug me mate's parents to record uh, the pay-per-view. Um, but it was never, like, weekly. Because once I was able to get access to, like, Sky or whatever, or when mm. it was on Channel 4, I recorded everything and never oh, taped yeah, over but... anything. Like, the amount of tapes that I had was ridiculous. Um and that's on top of like the the physical releases, but it wasn't like I, you know, if it wasn't for Gate and Market, we've definitely talked about this before. Once you mm-hmm. started being able to get secondhand videos, that was life at that point, and there were so many to get that um, it it was just never ending, and and it always seemed like serendipitous that like you know the the one that you needed would show up, sort of thing. It, like I never seem to ever go in the God is watching you at Gator Market. <laughs> Send down the King of the Ring '94 video. <laughs> Complete with Hasbro voucher. 
Well, that's the thing is that like that that market was it didn't matter what tape it was three fifty, three fifty. Didn't matter. What... <laughs> You're Loch Ness monster selling you them. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, that's how I built my collection. Um, it was it was exciting. I remember as well because you know being proper white trash lovely hillbillies. Um, if my dad won on the races, then I'd get like a few extra videos. <laughs> of just, that's class instead of just the one you know um so that's the thing even if i know some of the titles are shite um it's i, I wouldn't get rid of the tape because there's like a memory attached to it in that sense um yeah yeah i know what you mean you know um i remember uh it was 2002 because the name changed and everything um oh shit yeah and the change to the get the f out and all that Mm-hmm. And all of the old releases, they, they gave a deadline. It was like, right, you have until like November the 8th or whatever to buy what you want, and then that's it. Never reduced any of them. Because um, of course not. No, and and it, this was before Tag Classics. So I remember HMV just having to order, you know, the odd couple of tapes. But I remember the price as well, £16.95 for a VHS was what they were charging for like Obscene. full pay-per-views back then. Um, anything three hours. Cause they would have like a budget line as well of like, the, like say the high flyers and the steel cage matches and mm-hmm. uh, the superheroes tape. Uh, all I that, seen that one, that really doesn't sound like one I'd enjoy. <laughs> well, that was the thing that like, you know, someone that we know, the, the rude and warrior. Uh, oh, aye, aye. Uh, that's, that's on that one. It, it, some of the titles are very loosely based around <laughs> like what the actual <laughs> subject matter is. Um, it, it, you know, the graphics on the VHS, that's the thing you don't think about it as a kid, but like very little effort got put into a lot of the video releases because it's using archive footage. Like the li- less they had to use new footage or create new content, then it was perfect for them because they could just, just whack stuff out. And they'd do like one a month for, what, 25 years? That's printing money, really. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say Tony Schiavone was involved with them and he was one of the reasons they improved a lot? He was there. He was the head of uh, the video productions from... What? 89, I assume. 89, early 89 to, I'm guessing, early 90. Because uh, he was gone just before Mania Six, um, his voice might have still been been on TV after Mania Six if there were like pre tapes or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the uh, you could just see the difference in uh, the quality of the productions and uh, the concepts behind the tapes as well, like the super tapes. Uh, they, they would do like annual VHS releases that weren't pay per views. Um, we well, so, watched some of those, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all on the network as well. Because, I mean, WrestleFest 88... I was just going to say, that's it, isn't it? It's the WrestleFest ones. Well, 88 was... That was just a big event. Um, And it wasn't even WrestleFest 88. It was just WrestleFest. And then it was decided to... You know, whoever made the decision to start making it, it was called the video event. And uh, there wasn't an 89, but there was a 90. And in the UK, they went all the way through till 95. And we watched that recently uh, at mine. Um, the 95 one. I enjoyed how really weird the matches were on that. Oh, Jerry Lawler versus like a Adam dark Bomb. match collection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jerry Lawler versus Adam Bomb. What the hell? Yeah. Really weird. And the, the, you heard Jarrett tell the story about when he's raised in the cage and he's left there for a good two hours throughout the show. 
that match is that what match. if you need the bug? Well, rains from above, I guess. Like, um, <laughs> so that was that match, but obviously, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, they didn't show the whole two hours of him just getting annoyed. But the tape must exist. Jared um, shot all over my match, did he? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in America, they, they did two more WrestleFests, but they would give the VHS releases subtitles. It was really weird. So like In Your House 14, which was called Revenge of the Taker, but it was also WrestleFest 97. Um, That's weird. Yeah, I, I never understand why they did that. And all the pre... It, it, that's the thing. Everyone is... The In Your Houses did have names. Like In Your House 2 was the Lumberjacks, In Your House yeah, 2 was Triple that. Threat, etc. But they Don't mention them on the shows themselves, no. do they? It's just on the video. No, and but even in America, it was only in America where they mentioned the titles before In Your House Seven. Um, over Which here, was that uh, that was Good Friends, Better Enemies. Which one's that again? Is That's, that Diesel uh, versus Sean? Diesel, Sean, where he rips off my dog's leg and everything. Yes, now um, remember now. Yes. So I always just associated In Your Houses as just not having names until In Your House Seven, but. Uh, they they did, but they just like say weren't really pushed on TV. But you, you know there was the merchandise. I mean, you know they would have lumberjacks on the t-shirt or triple threat on the t-shirt, etc. But um, yeah, the American releases. There's so many. Like until eBay, I didn't realize how many American releases there were that did not come out over here. Um, and, Such uh, as well the 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 best of WWF compilations. Um, one to 20 and the early ones are so like naffly put together because they're not used to video production at this point right it's um I, you probably haven't i know you don't watch over sunny but they always use the same vhs tape to record everything they ever do so it's like right. really bad point of view shots and really bad definitely reading off the auto cue and stuff like that so uh, Grill Monsoon couldn't be more wooden. So Sean Mooney, basically. <laughs> you know what? Worse than Sean Mooney, if you can imagine that. Whoa. Yeah, because the thing is, that by the time Mooney came in, at least they had the production to get around it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like the early ones, Vince's wooden, uh, Gene, uh, Gene Oakland's even wooden, uh, Monsoon's just, yeah, Monsoon's just awful. Um that's and, weird to hear because, like, I know how much you love Monsoon and Mean Jeans, one of my favorites of all time. But I know the style of tapes because I've seen some with you, so I believe you. Mm-hmm. And the, the, then they've got no studio set up, they just sat in front of all the monitors. Um, but, oh, I have seen one of these, and there's just shitloads of tellies behind him. Yeah, well, like not a telly wall. Eventually, they would use it for something like that for the event center, but it was a, a more you'd be proud to show that equipment on camera. Whereas like in 84, 85, it was like one bloke and a tape player and like maybe he's two monitors or something. You know what I mean? Like, right, okay. Just manually cutting the tape with scissors. At least he's cutting them though. A lot of the other people were doing live to tape. Fucking hell. It's just like, that's something I found when I went on that like three or four year binge of Mid-South. I was just like, oh my God. Just the amount of times, like what especially he was falling over line and that and just carrying on because it's live to tape. I was like, oh, have some production value, please. <laughs> well, I, I love the graphics as well. The graphics couldn't be worse. Um, the WWF graphics before, do you know when they did that Star Wars type graphic? Yes. Like, 
that original one that wound up on a couple of British tapes, but it was the mainstay for like the early American tapes. Um, that was amazing. But before then, it was literally just a blue screen with white text on it. Like you could almost see it being typed in manually. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it would just say like Andre the Giant video or something like that. Um, yeah, there like was basically a test card. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were pretty bad. Uh, really clunky edit points and stuff like that. But uh, you know, as time went on, I mean, because that's what like eighty five or whatever. But even by eighty six, eighty seven, they at least started to have some concepts. And I think honestly, a large portion of that is because of Saturday Night's main event. Um, they really showed them how to have like production values and how to have maybe better equipment and stuff like that. I do love the game show style vibe of um, Saturday Night Main Event shows. Mm. No, absolutely, yeah. The um, it it can't be understated what they did for WWF in, t- in terms of even having like concepts for the videos as well, though. Like those best of tapes by like six or seven, you'd have like a panel sat in a studio and all that kind of. I mean, they were still wooden. I mean, Johnny Valiant, unless he's just off his face when he's just when you're just asking him to talk. He's, mm-hmm. he's very dry. Uh, but if he's, like, managing at ringside or he's commentating, then it's a very different, like, situation. There's one where it's, oh, God, it's um, it's legitimately hosted by, like, Gene Oakland, Outback Jack, Frenchie Martin, and Mr. Fuji or something like that. And it was meant to be, like, matches from around the world. And it's as amazing as that silence you've given us now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was expecting that to be more. <laughs> so I was being polite. I was like, all oh, right, that's it. <laughs> it's in, it's kind of interesting because there's they show some of the machines matches from Japan. Um, oh, so they actually right. went out the way to like get some of that footage. And uh, that is pretty cool. On some of the early best of WWF tapes, there would uh, there'd be a match from the vault. But it'd be like from the seventies and sixties, obviously, because this is from like eighty-five. So there's like there's mm, interesting mm. stuff on it. But actually, to be honest, the early ones, there's more interesting footage, and they would even show dark would, on tape, like explain what a dark match was as well, and they would show you like Hulk Hogan and Ricky Steamboat teaming up against wow. Honky Tonk Man and Kamala, like really weird stuff. That's strange, like. <laughs> yeah. But like by saying like 18, 19, 20, they were just taking shows from the Madison Square Garden monthly shows um, or some of those like Coliseum video recordings that were usually at the end of five hours worth of challenge taping. So the crowd were like dead. <laughs> dead. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I think Tony Schiavone was on the last one as well because he was, they had a party to celebrate like 20 releases or something like that. And it was potentially trying too hard with a concept by that point because it's already the best of you don't need to do skits in between it no but, but uh, like they loved failing at skits just look at tnt there's so many of them <laughs> it's it's charming how terrible they are at them it's why there's like when they do stuff now that they, they do badly some of the stuff where they try too hard you just roll your eyes but there's just a certain charm to how absolutely awful those things are in the 80s like that that you just can watch them again and again <laughs> yeah especially after a few drinks as well because you start <laughs> i definitely you start appreciating like the subtle breaking of kayfabes and sort of uh how much they're definitely just like having a laugh at it as well like once you realize race mean gene to get drunker 
<laughs> drunker than he is during those bloody interviews. The amount of like double entendres that Gene drops in on everything as well. <laughs> I definitely. Uh, <laughs> like <a> club comedian. <laughs> um, so with the videos then, or with the DVDs, like, did you have any particular favourites that you'd watch over and over or? For me, um, oh, well, ones I particularly loved were some of those ones where it was stuff I'd only seen bits of and you got a chance to learn a little more. So, like, there was a DVD about the AWA that was fun. Mm. There was a WCCW one. And there was one other I can't think. But, like, I'd started buying the DVDs because it got to the point where there was very little you could get. Like, you've seen yourself with WCW stuff. There's those early edited down to two-hour tapes that we both had as kids and watched as kids. Yeah. But after that, there's it was really hard to come by stuff. Like, I remember, like, with the pay-per-views, that's why I used to have to watch them on that bastard German channel. <laughs> so then when when they, um, when WCW were out of business and WWE was just wank, like, other than TNA DVDs, because I didn't really get into TNA until late 2004, I, that's when I started buying like secondhand WWE and even WWF DVDs. You would get, you know, some of the later Attitude events mm-hmm. from like 2000, 2001. They would come out on DVD, or at least I would see them in that. I think <laughs> the most DVDs I probably bought was when the ECW stuff all hit Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a times. lot of DVDs then. <laughs> it was a good time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate it at the time how easy it was to buy those ECW DVDs on the cheap. Um, That's my real period of seeing ECW. You know, like when you're a kid in England, it wasn't fucking easy to come by, and you don't exactly tape trade in Burnetfield nope. when you were eleven. <laughs> so on, once those DVDs hit Poundland in like 2001 or two, that. Was was my biggest introduction to them other than watching them on bravo mm-hmm. i bet it was for a lot of people as well i know i know a few people who definitely had a large collection of those uh those ecw dvds do you remember when it was a few years later when poundland started stocking tna dvds and it would just there would be official releases but there would just be black covers with the logo of the yes one. Would, uh, yeah they did they had the tna logo and then sometimes they'd have just like a typed out name of the pay-per-view and sometimes they'd have the pay-per-view logo mm-hmm. mason's got some of them still you know has he like ones <laughs> from 2007 and 8 that's what you're saying about them discontinuing media like Mason's six, and he obviously uses streaming stuff and that, but he doesn't have like an internet connected television. A, because I don't either. And <laughs> B, like, I wouldn't want him to have the internet on his telly in his room. Yeah. So, like, him having the ability to just hire DVD and because he's TNA mad, that's like his kind of retro, really, for the main part. Being able to have DVDs like that that he can watch in bed when he's falling asleep is really good. And people aren't going to have that anymore when WWE discontinue. That's true. And I love the like explorative nature of a DVD as well, where there'd be like bonus extras or hidden features or Easter eggs and stuff You've got like, like that. You've got to like move right off a certain menu and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, me too. Yeah. Um, the, you know, you mentioned the, the WWF DVDs uh, as time went on. And obviously the, the name went away and before tag classics really started, they were probably the highest valued DVDs. I think there's probably ever been like in wrestling uh, senses because oh there were I can tell you a little about that actually oh of course yeah because you used to work <laughs> yeah I was working in CEX and that was when I built up a big collection of the tag classics because mm. it's as I say like wrestling from the era we were into even if you there was a company you weren't as into their style was still something that's much more relatable to you mm. 
So when I could get virtually no WCW stuff anyway, I used to buy loads of those tag classics because it's still wrestling from the 90s. It was some events that I'd seen and it was lots of people I knew. So it was good to have that collection. And I got to like learn stuff. There was stuff I never watched the first time around. Hmm. But when you were in CEX, tag classics, by and large, didn't cost a lot of money, apart from odd ones that were a bit rare or something. But the ones that actually were WWF DVDs were worth a bloody fortune. Hmm. You'd get like a double pack of two events from 2000 and the double pack would be like eight quid or if it, the event came in on its own there's a wwf dvd it was like 25 it was <laughs> mental yeah i mean people still i guess wanted the original thing at that point um i mean these were just the original thing uploaded again weren't they you did a great interview with the lad from silver vision didn't you about the tag classics that's true and, and well when the that's one of my favorite interviews i've ever done like um it was I don't really get, good I rarely give myself credit like that, but I, I, it was so easy to nerd out about that stuff. Like when the Tag Classics started re-releasing the Mania 17s or 15s or whatever, they would include the original extras on those DVDs as well, which was, um, they didn't have to do that, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like the the guy who, uh, James, who ran that uh, time of uh, the Tag Classics and Silver Vision, he really had the wrestling fans at, you know, in his mind, and he knew what they wanted in terms of, you know, include all the extras, include bits that were even cut out of the original VHS release and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, he did an amazing job with them. The best people to handle content like that are people who are fans of the content. It sounds obvious, but it yeah. doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And sadly, you know, <laughs> you see it with WWE, like we're looking for writers, would prefer you not to be a wrestling fan. Um, but it's and it's because no one who watches our product is <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, not to get on this like you know track, but it's the same with the wrestlers now as well. They're, they're starting their own. We are now searching for like Olympians and amateurs and you know, in different sports. So it's <laughs> like, you'd better not have wrestled before, mind. <laughs> <laughs> I am a wrestler, get out. <laughs> Yeah, or we could do a whole show on that, certainly. But um, <laughs> I think everybody in the world is at the minute. I think they are. I think they are. So, yeah, we'll just stay in our little time period and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And be oh, happy. do you know what is a fun thing about videos like that, though? Yeah. This, this'll this be a thing to probably thank Cardona for, sadly. Impact have brought oh. out pay-per-views from last year as limited edition VHS releases. Yeah, that's fun. Isn't that really fun? Yeah, it... I have a feeling that, like, sort of, obviously you can't sell them en masse anymore, but I think smaller companies are going to be prepared to take those risks. But AEW are, like, the perfect company for this, where they could probably release stuff on a more wider basis as well, but do little niche things like that. And I'm actually surprised that Impact are the ones to do it, because, you you know, I know they have a big company behind them and stuff like that, but you wouldn't think that they would necessarily take the risk on doing something like that, but... I guess if you I think it's to appease one of two groups of people. It's either Cardona and Myers with their love of all things collectible. <laughs> yeah. Or the Good Brothers are just such retro maniacs. Like, look at all the different stuff they bring out and are involved in and the throwback throwdowns and talking shopper manias and all that. Like, I could see that being a thing that they wanted. And, you know, it's like, I'll go to your smaller company if you'll acquiesce to these mental demands. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same punk ice cream bar. Contract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like making yeah. VHSs instead. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you know, I know we rag on Cardona and stuff like that, but like I also do honestly appreciate what he's 
done because it has enabled companies to see that there is a market for like really niche stuff things. Um, oh, aye. That like, you know, because we are the same age just about and grew up during the same period and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I guess he's not probably doing it for many other people. He's probably doing it just for himself. But if we reap the benefits of like random VHS releases of pay-per-views or, you know, trickle down VHS economics. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see what AEW um, do with their archive because they're, they're building it up now and, mm. You know, whether the streaming thing happens or... Oh, you know what I'm always dreaming of for that, though. Especially with Ring of Honor getting in bother. It's like, right, okay, get Ring of Honor's tape library, find any old territories that WWE don't already yeah. own and just start building a network like that, and I'd be all over that. Mm. It's like, it... as much as I love the WWE network, it's a love-hate relationship because there's always, like, edited versions or stuff gone or, like, I remember selling all of my tag classics when the network was coming out and then it didn't come out here first and I was like, ah! And I had to get a VPN. And then I went on and it was like, oh, yeah, we've got Nitro, but we're not putting it on. I was like, what? <laughs> it's just like, so it's basically edited versions of the WWE pay-per-views I've sold and not a lot of fucking WCW. I was so mad at that network when it first started. <laughs> But over time, with the addition of territories and more WCW content, I've come to appreciate it again. Oh, I was at yours when uh, we obviously hadn't looked on certain parts of the network for a good while. And we're like, right, we'll see what minuscule amount of this territory is. And we clicked on it and it was just, it opened up this huge library of stuff that we didn't even realise was put on there. <laughs> I think it was either AWA or World Class and we were like, holy shit, look at the amount of stuff that's come on here. Yeah, because it wasn't even just the weekly shows. It was like house shows. It was VHS releases. Like, <laughs> it was like, this is good. This is actually good. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I didn't know what quite is this how alien concept? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've even started finally putting garden shows on the network now, which is just perfect. But they need to put on more than six at a time because, um, you know, it takes me less time to watch it than the actual real-time amount of footage there is. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, they need to. We're never going to be happy. Basically, they need to just no, put no, more, no. more and more. But uh, obviously, the network would be dead within about two months because I'd put everything on it, and then there'd be nowhere to go except more total <laughs> divas or something like that. So you know. <laughs> buy new servers for more Boston Garden shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as they're doing anything, I'm I'm fine with that. But yeah, I, I agree. If AEW ever wants to start buying the footage of companies. I mean, who could they buy? They could Stampede buy would be a start. Stampede would be a great start, yeah. What about Memphis and Florida? You don't find that anywhere. Do you think they'd ever... I don't think whoever owns it. I think Lawler owns it. I don't know if he would sell the footage. I think it's mm, like true. his biggest asset at this point. He would rent it out or something. I was hoping Jerry had it, because Jerry's more likely to go into business with AEW than Lawler. Sorry, I'm saying Jerry. I mean Jerry Jarrett. Yeah. I forgot that it's two Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just no, think though that's something if it was Jerry Jarrett he would probably lease it whereas Lawler I don't know he'd probably feel some loyalty to WWE for the amount of shit he's done with them potentially I just think something would have happened with it by now though um, apart True. from the Memphis Heat documentary which that's the other thing as well that if that's 10 year old now though you know that's mental that is mental time flies far too quickly um, if you know there's that many good independent documentaries as well if they really wanted to pad it out with that kind of stuff, um, that you know, it would make perfect sense for them to do that. A, a, a viable all-in-one alternative to the network, I would be entirely for. The, my only would problem, have them both. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, my only problem at the moment is that there are things I want, but it's only like one thing on one streaming app or something yeah. like that. I need them all together personally. A link like that would be so good. Can you imagine, for example, if that AEW one also had like on a TV and Impact Plus? Yeah. That but opened it, so many windows. Even like, you know, put all the, the being the elite episodes as a sub chapter and stuff like that. You know, the, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the road to documentaries oh, and that. Yeah. And, and there's nothing stopping them at that point, making more original content as well. You've got, you know, wrestlers talk room service and mm. Brandy gets pissed with celebrities. I can't remember <laughs> what that one's called, but you know what I mean? There's like, they're trying to do it with their YouTube, but like, I'm fucking old. I don't really follow stuff on YouTube that no. much. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, I, I agree. And and the thing is, I, I do think that they probably take that into account as well. The fact that they have people like Arn Anderson there and, you know, they make old references and, you know, the fact that we're in Greensboro made a, made a big deal of it, whereas WWF would just spend all night, you know, talking about made-up country song titles. <laughs> like that <laughs> unforgiving, you know. <laughs> um, you could have just Arn and Tully just sat on chairs around a table and put some, well, not peeve, because not for uh, on, but um, not for on anymore. No. <laughs> no, but like just have them there and just maybe have a moderator or something like that, just pitch them some, you know, that's two hours, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the, the possibilities and cheap and like concepts that they could come up with. That's why the network does me head in. They have so many names that they could do so much easy original content with and they insist on doing fucking miss and misses you know, oh, <laughs> like, I know. but again I, I, I do sound like old man shouting a crap a cloud at this point but uh yeah probably more people look at a cloud than would look at <laughs> miss and misses like who the fuck is that content for like my last loves reality tv and i've sat through total divas and total bellas and Total Roads, whatever their one is that goes <laughs> to the top, a fucking thing. I would like, love it to have been and... called Total Roads. That would have been great. <laughs> Rodal Divas. <laughs> but, like, they're, they're all all right. And, like, she's into that sort of reality stuff, and I'm not. But, like, it's watchable. It's all very blatantly a fucking work, but it's watchable. Mm. But that Mr. and Mrs., even she is, like, who the fuck would watch that? And I'm like, if you say that, a person who grew up watching WWE in the 2010s who loves reality TV, and you say that, who the fuck else is going to watch that? Mm. Yeah, I, no, I, I really don't get them, the anything about them is. <laughs> just don't understand anything about it. It's just like... I guess he is cookie cutter of what they want. It's like, imagine those twenty minute boring Triple H promos. Oh yeah. Imagine if they were more boring and kind of delivered like a Jim Carrey impersonator, but also with shit matches to back them up and not much physique. Oh, sign us up. <laughs> it's been there for like twenty years or something. I just don't get it. Don't have indie wrestlers, but have the Miz. Oh, uh, again, we're obviously not their target audience. I don't. That's the thing, though. Just be like, shut up. Here's a garden show. Shut up. <laughs> just, <laughs> nice. just give, give like the garden show in the shape of a dummy. Just you know, <laughs> just stick it in your move. Right. <laughs> oh, 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 look, I've found another great American bash tour. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's fine by me. If it means that I don't have to watch any of the shite that they put out. Oh, um, me too. Absolutely, me too. Give me some grainy old footage of someone bleeding in a cage, please. I don't need to see the shit. <laughs> so, um, the last DVD that I bought. WWE DVD was the unreleased matches of Roddy Piper, but I, you can see the writing on the wall when I didn't most even know of there the... was one of them. Yeah, I well, had the when, Hulk Hogan one. 
See, that one was kind. That one was good. Don't get us wrong. I say I liked that Hulk Hogan one. But when you think though that the matches were broadcast at one point, so they're not really unreleased matches. If you get what I mean, like unreleased to me is like dark show uh, stuff like that. But it, it's because they're high end stuff from like Japan or the WCW runs, which like to their audience is exotic and alien for some yeah. reason. Oh, That's no, why I, I loved loads of those box sets. It's like mint. There's a disc of WCW. I'll skip the bits where they talk about it and just watch the matches. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. And, and the thing is the went through a small period of perfection when the unreleased matches uh, compilations were legit time-coded unreleased matches or dark matches from pay-per-views and shit like that. And I was like, yes, this is finally... They understand what they have to do now. They have to really dig into the archives and not just put on something that, yes, it may have been broadcast once in 1987, but I guarantee those who are into that kind of shit probably have seen it. And it is probably mm. on YouTube or whatever. Like they went through that just about four or five releases where they were legit digging out unseen stuff, and it was amazing. But when they went to the Piper one, um, you know the the last five or six matches on Night Row matches, um, and you know there's not a lot of actually unseen footage. And I was kind of like, oh, writing's on the wall here, I think. But uh, and that was the last DVD that I had any interest in buying, which, you know, I, they just don't seem to want to appeal to old school fans. But saying that, it's probably because they're not selling quite as well. When I spoke to James from Silvervision, he said that AWA documentary, sadly, was one of the lowest selling DVDs they ever released in the UK. Yeah, right. That's why I get why they don't really care to me. But also, it's it, it's not like they really push those ones heavily. No. Like, you, I remember when I used to be seeing this... Lasso, she clearly had terrible taste because firstly she was with me, but secondly she got <laughs> us to watch like WWE from like fucking two thousand and nine until she was gone in <laughs> like two thousand and fourteen. So I had the great misfortune of seeing a lot of WWE then. And they used to plug DVDs like shit, but like they wouldn't be plugging like if I was bringing out an AWA one, I'd be like, oh, who's still alive from AWA who we can bring out if we're on a show in that area mm-hmm. and do a promo spot to sell this DVD. Yeah. It's almost like they want to prove that the stuff that isn't theirs sucks. And they're like, well, we released it. Nobody bought it. So clearly no one likes that. But it's like, why? But if you release something and don't market it at all, this isn't Field of Dreams. They're not going to just fucking come if you build it. <laughs> that is true. The only thing that, that I think happened with where it was successful was the Thai Classics, uh, where they didn't get advertised really at all, except in like emails or the merch catalogue. Um you know, but they wouldn't be advertised on WWE television because one, the archive releases, and two, a lot of them were done without their knowledge, uh, which is yeah. why they were able to get. You away just used with to see them in Woolworths and that, though, so it was like not necessarily WWE related at all. And that, and the thing is, as well, those Thai classics were, you know, it would have Hogan on the cover. It didn't need as much salesmanship as an AWA DVD mm. with, yes, it's got Heenan, Bobby, you know, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, but the younger and potentially slightly unrecognizable to like kids today or even WWF fans from the 80s and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. um, A perfect example of that, when they brought out the Pillman DVD in this country uh, and in America, actually, like Pillman DVD, Mint, and then a big sticker on the front featuring interviews with Steve Austin. That's how uncertain they were that like a Brian Pillman DVD would have sold to the general public. That's really depressing. Which I find quite sad. Or when they did the manager's DVD, which I loved, except for the fact that Todd Grisham was hosting it. Um, (laughs) 
you know, you got like, when Matt Stryker and Maria did that uh, <laughs> run. No, it was Randy Savage, wasn't it? It was Jesus, Randy Savage. Was bad. Yeah, that got released while Savage was still alive, and the relationship it wasn't exactly on good terms. But he had a figure coming out. He did an advert like, for them, didn't he? He did the advert for them, and I think by now Savage would have wound up back on WWE television. So they'd have him in the fucking ring by now. <laughs> so desperate and bringing people <laughs> Saudi Arabia quickly. Let's get Randy out. Yeah. Come off the top rope. Sheik's giving her an extra million if you do the thing where you point at the sky and wiggle. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the um oh, where's it going with that? I can't remember. Oh, the AWA DVD. Um, do you know what the one of the lowest selling DVDs was that ever came out in this uh, country? Greatest families. It was a ding 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 fucking greatest yes! families. Because <laughs> I got that and it was shit. It's just like, you know, they did they did a few like that, and it's like, greatest tag teams. Here's a few old tag teams that we're going to talk about for two and a half minutes so that we can say that we have released something. Well, that's the thing. The it's like the Von Erics. They were from Texas. Everyone loved them, and then they all died. Now, onto the Lawley. Oh, fucking hell. Those were weird releases. Those greatest stars of the 80s and the 90s. Like, I was excited oh, about them, but they were the like... The 90s little... one was so shit, that. Because yeah. I, I used to at CEX, you could... You could like practically borrow DVDs and stuff like that, or like on your break, you could just take them and watch them downstairs. Mm. I watched that greatest wrestlers in the nineties. Fucking hell, <laughs> such lazy stuff. That <laughs> just a few little lame sound bites, then like a match, and then move on. I couldn't believe they managed to release that. The only good thing was one of the special features. I still remember because I didn't know where else to find it. Mm. One of Foley's promos in that superb mankind period, where he like lives in a cupboard or a, it's a boiler room isn't it in the boiler room, he's yeah. living in the boiler room and he's doing the like um oh like on the eighth day god made mankind or something like that and he's like you should have rested that day as well and i was just <laughs> like that promo is so good and the only thing i was i was like shit that's on this box set because i didn't know anywhere <laughs> else to find that oh yeah there, there would be the odd gem on stuff like that but they were for mass public you, you know they didn't really want to go too in depth on like rick martell i guess because that would be too wrestling for you know the the general public, but like the um the greatest families one, it, it was a good idea, but probably the worst executed good idea I mm-hmm. think they've ever yeah. had. Uh, like the Rougeau brothers match, the only thing they put on was a Boston Garden sh- uh, match with the Bushwhackers. Um, you know what I mean? They didn't exactly. They could have went to like their territory and maybe he's rented some of the footage or something like that, or um. You know, it once it got to could the have point, showed you a sheep herding match or something. No, they could have. <laughs> well, once the it, bloody bushwhackers. Imagine got, before and afters. There's a DVD <laughs> you could do before and afters from when people were on like territories or an NWA thing or whatever, and then the character they became in the eighties or the early nineties. That could be a really fun show. Hmm. Well, that's the thing when the when they did those nineties documentaries or the eighties one where it would be like fifteen minutes on Yokozuna, it would only cover their WWF footage. Um, mm, it wouldn't show you anything before that. And uh, something interesting, um, if, if they could not pay you royalties, if they could get away with it, they will not pay you royalties. Jim Cornette talks about the manager's DVD where... That was shite as well. So little detail. I was so excited for it compared to when it came out. But the um, all of the footage, I mean, you could say quite rightly as well, of Cornette is NWA footage, but... If they only show NWA footage, they do not need to pay you. They don't pay you, yeah. It's, and, I'd, I'd noticed that before because I, I went to praise them and I think it was you who told us when some of these had footage from like 
<laughs> Jim Crockett and Mid South and stuff like that. And I was like, it's really good that they'll show you that. And you were like, yeah, it's so they don't have to pay them. I was like, oh. <laughs> like again, I guess I benefit, but they don't. <laughs> and the, the thing is, as well, they're going more out of their way to find this rare footage just so they don't have to pay someone. And stuff, you know, I'll make the effort to not give you any money. How very McMahon. Proper spite, yeah. Um, so yeah, the I know we're dotted around a bit because I mean, the aim of this was never to really do a. You know, God would be here for weeks. I think if we did a full in depth history of everything uh but it was oh, just Christ, I... I think it was i think it was worth mentioning and you know it's fun to be able to talk about it from our point of view i know that i, I go off on massive tangents about <laughs> just random shit um you know that like an obscure fact about a video and stuff like that so like you know i, I, well, I do... love that shit though because yeah. i either don't know it or you tell us it and i forget it anyway so it's like <laughs> you've probably told me some things like eight times and i'm like whoa every time it's only when people are listening to multiple shows and they'll be like he's faking this because i know he's heard that before <laughs> <laughs> well when i inevitably you know at age 40 have the heart attack from eating too much chocolate and stuff like that um you'll be able to listen back to these podcasts and remind yourself again of uh the bushwhackers rougeau brothers match that uh, happened in the boston garden <laughs> one time um but yeah, this I'm I'm so glad that we get to do these again, and um, I think this was a fun topic to start off with, and we'll definitely be getting more in depth on in individual pay per views, and we will be revisiting our WCW series, won't we? Oh yeah, definitely. I want to start up a year that you love. I was hoping for 1993, although I'm conscious that the shows will be 11 hours long each. <laughs> but like, we'd start doing the pay per views from WWF 93 because it's just nicer and you get that excited. And <laughs> as as the weeks go by, we'll catch up to where we were at and we can do the WCW ones kind of in real time. Mm, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that because the WCW 2000 pay per views are just fucking wild. Isn't, um, that is the, that is the best way to describe them. It's like it's sometimes it's not actually bad or good. It just is fucking wild. You have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Like it's a, you imagine actually it should have been worth paying for. Like in a modern society where we have such love of Schadenfreude and you know Sharknado type films as well. Like I think that those pay per views would have sold now because people would be like, oh, I cannot fucking imagine what they're going to do next month. And, and the, it, it, we've talked about this before. They are the definition of like a child explaining something to you. And then a thing happened. And then another thing happened. <laughs> and then this happened. And then because. And then this happened instead. And then this happened. I was going to say, then you're like, but why did that happen? And they're like, uh, something else happened. Pay per view. Oh, God, that Tank Abbott match where he pulls out a switchblade. <laughs> Did we do a Super Brawl show in the end? We did do Super Brawl because that's where Sting shows up at the end, isn't it? And I think we, yeah, we, we definitely. Oh, we've done Super Brawl, have we? I think we're going to have to go through the old archives because I'm not sure where we got (laughs) up to. We definitely watched it and we'd had a few to drink, and you were telling me (laughs) about like watch it to the end, see what happens. And I like I didn't even think, and then you explained it to me, and then we watched it back, and I was just like, that's mad that's one of the maddest things i've ever seen and the fact they left it in on that network as well which shows you how again how <laughs> some fucking watched it that's why yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i no... have a feeling we've not done that show you know i have a feeling it's what we're up to i hope it is because i want to do it again i'll watch <sighs> that it's and, mental and i mean don't get me wrong that is probably maybe the wildest thing that happens on that show but it's so mental it's from top to bottom rammed with mental Rammed with mental is a good, uh, yeah, that'll be open brackets rammed with mental. That's how we'll call it. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah we're going to be getting back to these as well and obviously listener questions we're going to take all of that again and uh just looking forward to getting back to something a bit more regular along with the cello toys podcast as well lots of news coming up on that elsewhere on the grapple arcade network and uh yeah i just want to thank you alex for uh you know coming back on and doing these uh with me as well and uh we will do these again very soon Thank you for starting it up. Thank you. I mean, it's like when you pick a topic like this, I think, Christ, I'm not out at all. <laughs> so, like, this will be a wild ride for me. But uh, they're the fun ones. You get to teach me and people get to laugh at me. Oh, not at all. Not, not, that's the thing, though. <laughs> like, there'll be aficionados far more experienced and knowledgeable than I am who will be writing in angry letters, I'm sure, because I got a number wrong or something like that. I have um, a feeling they wouldn't want to talk to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. They wouldn't want to talk to me once I start, like, you know, having nerd offs and dick swinging contests about like you know <laughs> well i've got the one with the green cover you know what i mean like, that kind of shit. um so, <laughs> so anyway want to thank you all for tuning in to this uh return episode the first of 2022 of uh of turn chuckle on grapple arcade and we will see you all next time see you